Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this show. Welcome to the Ollie Podcast. Guys, quick wee announcement before we get into the show. As of today's show with Weston, we are going to be moving to two shows per month. Um, reason being, we don't need to be in your ears much since lockdown is over. We don't need to be putting out as much content to you because you've got other shit to be getting on with now that life is getting back to normality. Um, secondly, well, this is probably the bigger one. We want to maintain the quality of the show and we feel this is necessary. It's, it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy and a lot of production resources to create these shows, even though the last few have been Zooms. Um, we're now moving into the next phase of, of the, what we view the show will be. And for the first half, well, the first phase that we've done has been very conversational, very interview based with guests on the show. Now we're working on kind of some bigger, massive shows and some new kind of flavours of ice cream, the next phase, shall we call it, of what the show will look like. So I think this is the right move. I think it's going to be the best way forward, and I hope it does pan out. So apologies if that uh, fires a spanner in the works for someone. I know we've got some religious listeners, and I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much. But um, yeah, to maintain quality um, with the nature of where we're going, I think this is the best move. So thank you so much. With that put aside, I just want to welcome you. Um, if, it, if it's your first time, welcome to the show. Today we have Weston Glendinning. Weston is a complete rocket. He is a legend among men in my eyes. Weston started out busking three or four years ago. Um, I used to run an, an events company and nightclubs and stuff, and we used to put him in the beer garden. And um, yeah, like I said, I used to see him busking on the streets of Belfast. As of last year, I went and seen him in a sold out concert. In, uh, he, he sold like two concerts, in fact. Um, had plus 1,000 people going to see him and his band called Hunk Papa. I'm a super fan of Hunk Papa, and I would definitely say if you like kind of indie rock folk music, give them a listen because they are so so edgy, so different, so new, um, and they're made for really good listening. Weston, in my eyes, is incredibly successful. He has an incredibly tenacious goal and dream. He, in fact, calls himself delusional because his goal and dream is so big. But um, that's why I respect him so much. He shows up every day. Um, his game in running a band is just like running a business. And there's very, very close similarities in that. So um, I thought it would be good to get him on the show. Uh, I guarantee, I absolutely guarantee you will get a laugh out of him. He is... Uh, a character he is a probably the most out there person we've ever had on the show and i hope he brings you a bit of happiness and a bit of joy and a laugh today when you're listening so once again thank you so much for listening um i will put this in here we do have our summer sale up at the moment there is one more week left of it there's 75 percent off on some products actually there's a bit more off on other products so go on have a look um it's what i call an absolute bargain so um <clears throat> Get on, have a look, see if there's anything for you, and uh, you know we'll get it shipped out to you. So thank you so much for for listening, guys, and I will talk to you real soon. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ollie Podcast. Um, really, really exciting show. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Um, I'm joined by none other than my good friend, 
Weston Glendinning. We have coffee in hand and we're ready to have a great conversation. So Weston, how are you, sir? Mm. Doing very well, thank you. As you said, got a coffee in hand. That's immediately a victory, so I'm pretty happy. I've got a good view outside. I can see the fields. I can see nature. I'm healthy. I'm feeling good. Awesome. Yeah, I cannot wait. Um, a quick disclaimer, either Weston or mine, uh, internet is being a bit uh, shite right now. So if there's a tiny, tiny wee glitch, just have a bit of grace and be patient because it will be back. Um, but yes, no further ado, Weston. I don't even know where to start with this. Normally, um, you know, I have like kind of a, a dedicated set of questions relative to the, the guest coming on. But with you, like even in the, the intro conversation I got, and I, I just knew I didn't need it. And, um, you know, a bit of background as to how I met you was flip. I think I was running a night in a nightclub and I got you in to do the, the beer garden or something. And um, I think that was literally the first time I ever came across you. Like we had worked together as well in a, like a catering business that we, we both um slaved under and um so like it's been it's been a pretty long it's been a pretty like longish relationship well no a longish time that i've known you and it's been really really interesting to see from the outside looking in your journey from you know working those um crappy jobs busking on the streets to then going and um selling out Wetland hall and limelight and all those things and, and we'll talk about that later but but mate in I don't know if you'll if you'll do a good job with this, but succinctly try and lay out your journey right till now in five minutes or less. Try and lay out your journey um, relative to you and relative to where you think you should start till until now. Yeah, I think I'll start my journey at the end of 2017. Um, up until that point, I'd done various things. Um, nothing of note, really. Uh, I think it was 2017 that I made the decision in my head, right, I'm going to take this seriously, um, that being music, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do whatever needs done to get a band and start filling venues and start being entertaining uh, and give it a proper go. I'd never done that before. It always fanning around. I think with my approach, I was never direct. Um, so in 2017, I, I kind of... I uh, started a band with three other guys. I'd gone from, I'd been busking previously, the year beforehand, 2016, I kind of spent that year just busking almost daily. Uh, because to be honest with you, I've always loved music, but I've never really had any technical ability or training. So I just decided to busk day in, day out for the guts of a year um, in Belfast. And they kind of paid my rent and stuff. I didn't really have a job. I just did that. It was good. You put the hours in and you become competent and, and confident as well, which is very important, particularly whenever you're trying to entertain people. And I think that's what busking gave me. Um, but yeah, 2017 came and I was like, right, this is, this is do or die, you know, let's go full ham at this. And I'd kind of struggled to find the right individuals to share that journey with because it's so important the right individuals to be around. You can get people that have all the talent in the world, but if they don't have the drive, then, you know, it's kind of hard to get motivated. And the individuals that I got um, on board at that time were world-class in every domain from 
being driven to being amazing musicians and brilliant people. So that that was great. That was a dream to have um, people on my team. Um, so yeah, 2017, late 2017, um, we I started the first rehearsal as a group, and then within about six months, um, we were playing the Limelight One, which is like a thousand capacity venue. Um, and then we did a couple of dates around the UK and stuff, which was really good. Brilliant. So I was super happy. Um, we then got a manager on board um, in June of 2018. Um, he's managed some pretty cool artists. He manages the guitarist of My Chemical Romance, um, another band called Thursday, another couple of cool bands. Um, so we had him for a year. He toured us around Europe, put us on a cool tour bus, all this stuff. But to be honest with you, I felt we got complacent. Um, we kind of maybe ha developed a level of arrogance um, and started overlooking winning the simple tasks like rehearsing, writing new music, um, doing the basics. I, th I feel like we got complacent. Um, and so after about a year of having a manager, he's a great guy, an amazing guy, he has an awesome track record. Um, but just for us, uh, I didn't feel at the time he was the right guy for us, so we kind of ended that. And uh, I think that shook the team. That shook the team to lose someone uh, who, who is essentially a dragon, who... You know, me being a deluded individual, you, the sort of individual you, you imagine comes in and makes you famous overnight, but that wasn't the case. And that individual certainly didn't say that he would do that. He was more realistic than we were. I think we were the deluded, deluded ones, expecting, yeah. you know, someone to come in and make us famous. But anyway, we finished with that guy, um, who I'm still friends with, a brilliant guy. And I uh, ask him his opinion on a couple of things still, and he's he's good maybe we'll cross paths again soon but um so yeah we just long story short we just we we, we hung papa has been going diy since just writing recording playing writing recording playing and getting a small growth in every time we come back to the city because for for a band the, the biggest battle is when they're not only getting people into a room that's a huge battle um um, and we did that through like busking around the UK and stuff. We'd busk it in a city before playing a show there two months in advance, then come back again and try and get a baseline of people. So that's very important, getting people into the room. A lot of people overlook that and think that that's going to happen for them. Um, a lot of people are, a lot of bands kind of expect people to turn up to a show and support the local scene. No one gives a shit about you as a band. So you have to kind of shove it down the throats a bit and say, hey, come see us. Literally play in the street, literally sell tickets. You have to become a salesman. You have to become a, you know, Matthew drove the length of the country. And, you know, there's so many different skills you kind of have to have to get people in their room. Unless, you know, you have a record label who's going to do it all for you. But that ain't going to happen. Like, you know, there's, there's more astronauts than there are people getting signed to a record label do you know what i mean so that was the main objective try and get people in their room by any means necessary so busk hand out business cards all this like obvious stuff and then the second battle was and is when you get those people in the room you have to win them over so that's where doing the music stuff comes in that's where the practicing 
comes in must like literally muscle memory when you walk out you know you should be able to enter a trance state you know thinking about you know something else but still perform because you just you're that well versed in it um so that's kind of the second battle getting to that level where you can perform it again confidently confidently and give people value for money when they come see you and not only that have it where they're like i really enjoyed that I'm going to come back with a friend and I'll leave with a t-shirt and come back with a friend. And that's kind of what we've done. And that's, I'm really proud of that because that uh, speaks volumes. And yes, the shows that Hunt Papa have done thus far are relatively very small, but with that concept of people leave with the t-shirt and come back with a friend, I'm really proud of that. And uh, I want to keep that going and grow that. And as long as you have that, you're always going to grow, you know? Um, but yeah, so Timeline, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're just doing that. That's it. I'm currently on my own right now. Hunk Pap is just myself. Um, unfortunately, the three other guys who I uh, have played with for the last two years are going off doing their own things, which I totally respect. Um, I think, like if Matthew Davidson and Paddy Cartwright and John O'Whittington, and the three of them are terrific individuals. Um, and for me, it's a great shame because I think uh, musically, performance-wise, they have such world-class potential that I think we've yet to really tap into. But you know what? It's an adverse road ahead. There is no salary. There is no um, guarantee. And I think that's just something you have to accept. Um, and I know that I'm deluded enough, and maybe that's the word, deluded, um, to just weather the storm for as long as it takes. Because I do believe that um, Hunk Papa, in whatever shape or form, will step out to, you know, the biggest venues in Europe eventually. Just got to make sure the songs are good enough, which is an ongoing process. But anyway, well, that's my story. To be honest, mate, that was an incredible like intro story. I I know your story. I you know I've watched it and witnessed it, and you know I know all the intricacies that go on in behind. Well, maybe not all of them, but even for you to recite that again and go over that again was magic. Um, <laughs> because like I know what you said has actually happened. Like you know, and you're not bullshitting and and all those things that have went down already. Like, you know, and that's probably a good place to start was, you know, you said that you're on your own and a lot of people would be really surprised to hear that. A lot of fans of Hunk Papa would be surprised yeah. to hear that as well. But that's the nature of a band in that, um, you know, drummers will come in and a guitarist will come in and then maybe you'll get a, a backing vocalist or whatever it may be. And how do you, um, you know, kind of weather that storm was the word you use. So how do you like continue on and like keep, keep continuing to latch on to that dream that you had, even though, even though the team or the environment's changing, um, not all the time, but they're big changes that your bandmates. So, oh, yeah. you know, how, do, how does that affect you and how do you continue to move on after that? Well, yeah, firstly, it's, um, for me, it's far from the ideal, um, not playing with, you know, the guys who we, we essentially, you know, were such a tight team and had such a, yeah. a vision dream together and to see guys kind of, you know, um, lose that to some degree, which, which is fine, by the way, I respect that. Let me just say yeah. that. I, I, this is one thing I'm learning in life. Everyone has their own uh, 
dreams, their own, their own objectives, their own things. And I respect that. I'm, I'm slowly realizing this, that everyone's different in life. And I think it's very important to respect that. So, like, there's no, there's no, like... Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think people have to do what's right for them. Even though, there's, in my opinion, there's a lot of potential there. But so to answer your question, what, what to do? Is that what your question? Like, how, how yeah, does well, even actually the words, the words that I've written down here, and I just was taking notes like mad there in the in the intro. Like, it's belief in yourself, but then belief and or belief in the journey and faith in the journey as well. Like, for example, like I said, you've lost your band members. Um, you know, they went on to uh, greener pastures in their own life. And, um, yeah. like, you had to come to terms with not everybody will want the same dreams as you. And um, so I suppose I'm asking multiple questions, and that's probably why you're a bit confused. Um, you know, but how do you continue on when big roadblocks like that occur, when people leave, when things happen that you didn't foresee? How do you, how do you continue on? Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, I don't know if there is a formula. I, I think if... If you have to explain to someone uh, how to continue on, I mean, let me just add to this here. Like, so this has been over a space of four months, an entire year of gigs has been cancelled. You know, I'm down, like I'm broke financially, right? I'm broke. I'm absolutely broke. I owe people money uh, just from various things that I expected would be paid back from, let's say, the May tour and stuff like that. But I don't give a shit. It's I don't feel any different. I don't feel any different. Like it's ad, you could say it's adverse. I don't feel any different to when we were playing, you know, sold out London show this time last year, and it was amazing. Um, I think it's because I am the way I have my brain is kind of rock bottom. Anyway, if you know what I mean, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So like anything, anything. In the right direction is a huge bonus for me. I always look at things like, um, I don't like, I don't know how to explain it. Um, where you're comfortable with being uncomfortable because this is what this entire journey is, and you have to accept that, and not linger on it, not get beat up over it. Uh, but for me, what keeps me going is something I don't think you really can. There's no formula. I think with anything. You know, if you're questioning, will I go on and all of this stuff or trying to work out how do I overcome this or keep going? I think it's something that can't be spoken. It's, it's either in you or it's not. Like I know for me that I will, you know, the one thing that's going to stop me here is essentially dying. That is it. You know, if, if I have my health, um, which is like amazing. I'm so grateful, by the way, to be in good health, like, you know, more now than ever you know when you see what's going on and stuff i think whenever you've got your health um for me anyway that's like it if i have my health then nothing will stop me that's my mindset and i think whenever you foster that mindset you kind of just don't make excuses just don't make excuses just do it yeah. get it done by any means necessary that's it it's as simple as that so with that you develop an element of confidence in yourself that whatever happens you'll get there um, however, you can't be too deluded because, you know, my objectives are statistically deluded. You know, there are very few bands that make it like, so you're automatically up against it. But I think whenever you realize you're deluded and you're absolutely screwed, which is what I am, 
I think you start taking the necessary steps and action to yeah. become less screwed. And and on that note, mate, it's actually something that I relate to as well. And and it kind of right up until about a year ago, I was much so in the same spot because you know I I had started uh, my entrepreneur journey when I was like nineteen, twenty years old, and. Um, you can kind of float on by for a couple of years, but then life catches up and you have to start growing up and, you know, um, life begins to move on. You get older, you want to meet people, you want to settle down, you want to get a house, you want to do all those big life things. And whenever they come in, especially, well, that's what it was for me. It's like this big visionary dream that you had. Yes, we have all the faith in the world that we will make it, but it's, there's an element of that you have to be realistic. I mean, at the end of the day, if I can't if I can't pay bills and I can't, you know, keep a car on the road and keep myself going from A to B, um, you know, in the right ways, well then it just there there has to be a point, a, a tipping point or a crux or a precipice that you need to come to and say like, look, we tried, I learned a lot along the way, but. I gotta, I gotta fucking look after because you'll have a future family, you'll have a future kid and wife and whatnot, and um, you gotta start thinking of those responsibilities that are up ahead as well. And and I love the fact that you're realistic with it. You know, delusions are very, very big thing in in business in bands, and and I actually closely link business and bands. They're they're very much sort of the same in the principles in which they operate. We'll talk about that after, but. It's interesting to see you so down to earth for someone that is such a visionary and such a dreamer. It's interesting to hear that you're you're fully aware that your chances are very slim. Um, the chances of you making it are very, very low, but you're still dedicated to pursuing this dream that you had and pursuing this goal that you set out, no matter how big it was. Yeah, and, absolutely. I think it's so important um, to, to realize that. Um, for me anyway that's what that's what you know gets you out of bed is realizing hold on a second here you know this yeah. isn't just going to happen it's like know? exactly and and that that almost that realism because if you were deluded you wouldn't have the same urgency you would just kind of saunter on by it well would be like, like i mean there's definitely still a splash of delusion which i think yeah but to be sure. honest i think everyone you know, I think I it's good to have that in some degree, you know. I don't even think it's delusion, Wes, and I think it's more so you, you're, you've come to terms with how fucking crazy the idea that you're setting out to achieve is. Yes. Like it is. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous, you know. Completely right. And I'm trying to make a career out of, you know, writing music and selling out venues across the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're up against it, but do you know what? I love it. So even if I made a hundred million elsewhere, and this is the thing, music or anything, this is the thing. People think because I'm doing music or whatever, it's this big exotic thing and it sounds cool or whatever. It's a pain in the ass in many regards. And I think any path is a pain in the ass. But the one thing I'm learning, uh, and it's, I've only recently started thinking like this. I was up my own ass for quite some time. I was quite yeah. um, arrogant. I liked looking at other people and maybe being a bit arrogant in my head um it doesn't matter what your pursuit is in my opinion i th i see people who are so happy right so happy happier than i am right like way happier um doing what they love and it's not it's not necessarily a glamorous thing of you know 
you know, I'm a stockbroker or, you know, I'm, I fish for bluefin tuna off the case, you know, off the coast of California every day, or, you know, I'm a surf, you know, it can be simple things like, you know, I manufacture really nice tables and I love handcrafting these tables. And I love chatting to people like this who love it. They love it. And, you know, they're living their life and that's it. And it's awesome. And I think it doesn't really matter what your journey is. I think as long as you love it and you're a boss at it, I think that, like, I, that, I respect people that that is their pursuit, whatever they do, because everyone's different. Everyone is so different. I, think, I mean, I, and I picked up two things. And the first thing is, is like the relativity of happiness and the relativity of your own success. And it's kind of, it's the, it's the essence of this podcast and why we set it out to show that success doesn't need to be standing in front of a crowd playing to thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. It could be, yeah, you know, being loving your craft, like you say, creating amazing tables, taking great pride in, in your work, you know, being like dedicated to the craft of of design and elegance and, and whatever you're doing and then, you know, that kind of life can then set you up to be able to have plenty of time to go home and spend with your kids or go home and invest it in, in, in a, the relationships that matter to you or whatever other hobbies or other interests. But I think that's the big thing that, um, I also um, was a bit oblivious to, you know, I was like, I used to sit and think, you know, why are other people not doing all these big things? Everybody has the same potential. Everybody's born equal. And why are people not going out? But like you said, some people just, and it's not a bad thing either. It's just as, as a visionary, and I know you are too, as someone who's a massive dreamer and just comes up with these big fucking gargantuan ideas, it's like, why are you not trying to change the world? Why are you not trying to fucking, you know, reinvent All the wheel? because they're not narcissistic assholes. <laughs> exactly. We're exactly. assholes. I'm an asshole. It's, Lewis, I'm oh, an asshole. Yeah. I, wanna, I want to go out and play to people and they're all fuck. well done. That's like, you know, I'm an asshole. You know, that's, well, you're not, a, you're not an asshole, mate. And, and we kind of spoke about this on the phone the other day, and it's like you you refer to it as arrogance, uh, but I, I picked up on what you were saying as having a big ego, and it's actually something that we're talking about and tackling right now. It's actually something that I'm reading about right now because I know I have a big ego, and a lot of the, I think there's a negative, um, there's a negative uh, stigma or connotation attached to ego. Everyone has an ego. Ego is merely the the worldly story that you tell yourself that that you perceive yourself in the world in. You know, it's it's how you see yourself will then dictate how you see the world. And you were saying that you were looking at other people that um you were like maybe thinking you were maybe above them or better than them or I can well, do this. Not above. Can... I never think I'm above yeah, no. I never yeah, thought yeah. that. I just would always be uh, like, Why are you doing that? You know, and that's exactly and and I think it's something that with that comes with having a big ego and again there's nothing wrong with having a big ego it's just making sure that your version of reality isn't so skewed that you become a bell end that yes. you start you know, looking at people differently or you start losing touch uh, with reality um and that's something that that i'm really tackling and focusing on right now in my own game and it's really really interesting to hear and some people can perceive it as arrogance as well where they they think they're above but bottom line, there's a dichotomy to it, right? And if put it this way, Weston, if you didn't have a very strong ego, you couldn't go out in front of a thousand people or you know tens of thousands of people and wow, thirty people because, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but, if you're playing you, Swindon, yeah, do you know what I mean? 
it's like if you didn't have that big persona, that big ego, that that you couldn't go and stand in front of all those people and wow them and be mm-hmm. this complete showman and like you know give them an hour, the best hour of their day or the best hour of their week. Like yeah, you just couldn't. Well, do, well, well this is the fun. thing. This is the thing. I think confidence is good. Confidence is not arrogance. Um, and an ego. You know, have you ever seen Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King? Or Lord of the Rings, any of the Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Right. Well, bear with me. This is the analogy I'll use for the ego. Um, In the battle scenes, there'll be a battle, and then it'll pause, and everyone will look up, and there'll be, like, four orcs coming out with chains, and this big, massive bastard of a cave troll wearing armor, Right. And he's deadly. And if they if they harness this guy against their enemy, he's going to be devastatingly useful for them, right? But what happens quite a lot of the time, he'll go and he'll knock an orc off that's handling him. He'll knock another orc. And then the cave troll goes rogue and starts killing his own guys. And I think that cave troll is like an embodiment of the ego. It can be a force used for good or positivity for yourself, but in equal measure, you can use it as a force for the opposite of negativity and, and use it for, for essentially bad. And uh, I think it's, it's important to balance your ego. But this takes me to my next point that I have realized is um, an ego or, or confidence um, and, and maybe an opinion of yourself, a good opinion of yourself, is a great thing to have. But you must have, or this is for me, you must have that anchor of humility. Yeah. You know, in tandem with that. Humility, in my opinion, is one of the most important things. And whenever I go out on stage and wear my red jacket and whatever, and people are probably saying, oh, that guy's an asshole, whatever, which is totally fine because I am, and I look like one. But let, let me tell you something. Um, one thing that I believe has got me any ounce of success, and I have a million miles to go as well. I've, I'm still nowhere. I've yet to make it. But of all the victories that I've had of saying, my God, I'm loving this. This is amazing. I tell you something. It has been humility beneath the persona that has got me that. It is realizing that, hey, you are a million miles off the mark. You know, Look at the guys that have been before you. You're, you're trying to get into, this is why I tell myself, you're trying to get into music. Look at the guys before you and, and compare yourself to the best there. You are pawn scum compared to them. So take the steps to get there. And when you realize that you are pawn scum, that's when you start moving in the right direction. And, and I think um, for me, that's when the combination of, uh, of an ego and, a hum- and having humility or it's a great combination you know how do you, you, how do you well. yeah how do you practice humility what are maybe some tools or things that you do to practice humility that's a really good question um well i think maybe gratitude uh gratitude i think is maybe very important when you when you realize how lucky you are um you know i was having a cup of coffee i'm sitting here looking out a window and a wall, everything's quite, you know, I've got out a banana there, it's pretty amazing. You know, relative to most people on planet Earth, that's, you know, you're automatically winning massively there. So 
um, you know, and I've, you know, I've been born into this, uh, and I'm very lucky. So maybe that, in sense, creates humility. I, I don't know what creates humility, really. Um, I think staying grounded, mate. Like you even said there at the start, like you you really don't look at your journey as if you find any success yet. You don't look at yourself as as a as a successful person, even though I would wholeheartedly disagree. And, and I think that comes from having the humbleness and the humility to to remain grounded. And and it comes, yeah, I think practicing gratitude is a really good one. And, you know, even just saying, look, I am thankful for the fact that I can sit in my nice warm house, yeah. drink a nice coffee. Or freezing if, you're, if you live here. And, yeah. yeah, and, you know, have a nice breakfast and you know, I have a great environment to write my music. And like, mm -hmm. even if you're just truly grateful for those things, if you if you find happiness and, and gratitude in those things, imagine how happy you'll be when you get to the shows and you're exactly. performing, doing what you were born to do in front it's, of many it's people. It's important, sorry to interrupt, but one thing is, um, I think it's very important to um, absolutely give yourself a pat on the back and enjoy the moments that you've worked hard for. For me, that's a big thing. If there's a yeah. moment that I've that I've worked hard for, uh, I think enjoy them and say, "Fuck yeah, good on you, well done." This is this was a success, but never rest on those laurels. Once you start yeah. resting on those laurels, wow, you're you're snookered. Yeah. See, do you think, think you're you know? That's one thing I notice. See, whenever I start giving myself a pat in the back, and uh, that pat in the back goes beyond, let's say that show, it goes on for a, a week. You know, oh, I'm I'm the man. That's whenever you get complacent and you're not the man. I think, know? mate, what I, I'm really loving, loving what you're saying because in so many things, in, in humility and giving yourself a pat on the back or um, gratifying yourself, um, ego and the arrogance and the con like confidence uh, rather than arrogance, there's actually a dichotomy in every single one of those. Um, mm -hmm. And what a dichotomy is, is the paradox in which that exists. So, for yeah. example, with an ego, imagine it's an inverted you, right? So at the top of the U is the perfect balance of ego. You know, you don't have a big ego and you don't have too much of a small ego. And it's the same with confidence. Your confidence comes from the action you take. But when you get overconfident, you get complacent. And it's the same with humility. Too much humility and you're not going to get anything done, but too little and you're not going to um, kind of put yourself on the right, or the right uh, foundation to move forward. And yeah. there's so many things there that it is, it's a, it's a balance and action. Even one thing you said, resting on your laurels or like tapping yourself on the back. Yes, it's great to celebrate. It's good to, because in the line of work, we need to celebrate our quick wins because, you know, our big grand visions won't be implemented or finished or finalized for another five to 10 years if we truly want to pursue it to the level we want to do it. And, you know, to take those small victories and, and celebrate them when you can is yeah. so important but like you said if if you played a, a, a crazy good show on a saturday and still the 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 friday after you're still resting on that oh that was still that was a great show no fucking you have to move on and you have it's like yeah. a discipline almost to because it's so easy to rest on them it's so easy to say like how many of your friends do you talk to and they're like oh do you remember when we played schools cup rugby and uh, we got to the semi-final and yeah, I can bro, understand that, that though. I can definitely understand that. You know, I I, I, I understand it, but it's like I, th I can understand reminiscing on things. 
there's a difference between reminiscing and there's a difference between reminiscing and just resting on your laurels and like yeah. still attaching that as as part of your fucking identity, even though yes. you, you 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 know what I mean. And I used it as a very very loose example, but um, I'm sure you can understand what I mean. Where I do, yeah, I do. People can't get caught up in in the wee stories and the wee things in history that they've achieved in the past, and it just it just clouds their their ability or their judgment to proceed and to keep conquering goals and to keep to stay humble and and have humility in in the the process of going forward. Yeah. Um, but mate, you know what? I'm I'm loving so much about what you're saying, and it's so interesting because, and I said it before, is that I clo- I think business and music are so closely linked. It's it's unbelievable, you know. Well, having music work is a business. It's like any other yeah, industry, you know. Percent and but even let me finish. And and the the main thing I was is like, you know, yes, you're an incredible musician. You can write uh, really really good songs, and you can perform incredibly well, but there are other skills involved. Like you said about, you have to be a salesman. You literally have to go out and give out tickets and meet people and talk to people. And, um, yeah. you know, merchandising is another thing. And then marketing is another thing. Creating content is another thing. Yes. Uh, create music video, um, doing launch strategies. So like only from having been close to party, can I get an insight into this? And yeah. it's, it's so interesting because from someone that's never been in that industry, I, you know, I was pretty blasé and it's like, oh, they're just fucking put up a song and, and that's it. And, but no, there's like, there's incredible other, there's a whole amount of other skills involved. It's, it's, oh, it's, well, first thing is two different things. There's music and there's the music industry. Really, ideally, I don't want to be anywhere near the music industry. I'd rather yeah. experts do all this stuff and they just give me loads of money and I can just concentrate the music. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen. Like, well, it does yeah. happen, but the statistics and that are, you know, we can't rely on that happening. But yeah, the music industry is massive. The amount of money is massive. When you have 80,000 people paying for tickets, 50 quid, it employs a lot of people, it employs a lot of specific experts. But the point that I'm trying to make is the artists that you see, you know, on the charts, you know, who are doing well, they have hundreds of thousands, millions of pounds backed into them. They have like full-time office working on their behalf, doing marketing. It's like anything, you know, it's, it's like any other business as you can imagine. Um, but it's insane. People don't realize that, you know, and people say it's unfair, you know, oh, that artist a load of money pumped in them. Well, you know what? It's the free market. Suck it. Do you know what I mean? You're just annoyed because you didn't get to the brand. And that's, I'm, I'm like that. I'm like, you know, oh, why have I not got a record deal? And it's, well, yeah. you know, tough shit. You know, you're not oh, really. It's exactly. And it's kind of, it's very much so like business. And, you know, I could relate that. I could say, oh, look at, look at, I could name any big brand and say, look at the budget they have, look at their, the, the human resources they have, look at the team, look at the skill, look at the athletes they're working with, whatever it may be. And it's all situational and it's all relative, but nobody gives a fuck. Like you have your own journey and you gotta make you gotta make use of the resources that are available to you. And I think like to continue on with this skills thing is like one thing I've really been interested with you guys is how you've marketed and you know, that could be a lot down to Patty and his genius. Yeah. But um like 
even in writing your song and developing like the brand of Hunk Papa, you know, um, that kind of Native American theme to it. And like, mm. even like, that's a great question. Where the fuck did that come from? Um, Hunk Papa are a subsidiary of the Sioux tribe. I'm sure you've heard of the Sioux. They're one of the, really, were they the big three, one of the big three tribes, or one of the big four? Yeah, they're one of the biggest. Um, but anyway, they're, they're sort of in North Dakota area, the, the Hunk Papa tribe. And uh, their chieftain was a guy, Sitting Bull, and another guy called Crazy Horse. Um, and essentially, Sitting Bull was the, the last Native American to, he said, I'm the last to set down my weapon or something like that. He was the last Native American, essentially, to stand up to the West. Um, and I don't know if you ever heard about the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Um, yeah. In which... General Buster's last stand. Exactly, yeah. And I just thought there was something profound about this tribe who um, had such a belief in their way of life and wanting to fight for it. And, and their way of life was pretty class, to be honest. And the... Uh, the white man, us, you know, the, the Europeans um, were forcing the, these values upon them and this way of life that they didn't want. Uh, and I think that was just quite profound, you know, and I loved how they stood up for what they believed in. And um, yeah, I, I think we can learn a lot from them. And they were also a very welcoming tribe. That's another thing. They, whenever they, uh, they became, whenever they surrendered, they became a very peaceful and welcoming tribe. I mean, they were one of very few tribes to welcome in, you know, white travelers into their tribe and let them marry, you know, um, Sioux women and stuff like that, which I thought was great as well, because we can learn from that. And um, people often say, oh, you know, culture, cultural appropriation stuff. Yeah, I can understand an argument for that, but the Sioux don't really give a shit about skin color they see people as people and i think that's brilliant and i i think we need to maybe think a bit more like that these days um both ways that works both ways you know whenever you have um like they they, they made a president of the united states an honorary member i think in 1920 i can't remember the name of the president um and gave him you know a full headdress and stuff and it was brilliant it was such a symbolic thing you know where they were they're willing to move with the times for the sake of peace and um and they've embraced culture but yeah it's tricky because a lot of um native american communities and stuff have kind of been left behind and there's a lot of poverty and drug abuse and stuff but anyway like that, that that's really bad actually in kind of america america's got a lot of problems that they should need to look into but anyway that was the inspiration uh, and i'll tell you how i'll go back my grandpa took my mum when she was a child out to the battle, uh, Little Bighorn Battle, and they brought back these paintings that my grandpa shipped back in the room of my house, and I looked at them for, you know, my entire life. Um, and there's this massive... Here's one of them, actually. Hold on. Yes. There's one of them there. Uh, That's cool. So, yeah, you can't see it because it's back to front, but it says Hung Papa there, Hung Papa Dakota. Um, but yeah, I was just always inspired by these guys. That's where the name came from. Sorry, that was a bit long-winded. There you go. I love it, mate. I love it. And it's not like, you know, 
it's not you just slapping a, a label on something. There's actually well, well it is. Off. It kind of is actually, <laughs> but but you know. Well, I know. What I mean is, you just didn't come up with a random name out of your ass and and slap that on the band. Like there is serious messages and what what what. Even when I was listening to, I didn't know the full story. I knew there was that that Native American American origins, but. I didn't know the story and, and all the intricacies, mate. There's a lot of there's a lot of kind of connection in there, and I can see yeah. that you're passionate for a lot of reasons. I, I just really, really hope that it's it's um, seen as respect because that's entirely like it. Uh, like that's what I named the band after because I I just yeah I'm fascinated by Native Americans, particularly the Hunkpapa tribe. I thought they're pretty awesome, you know. So I hope yeah. any of their members that ever you know. I hope they see it's a mark of respect, but I can understand if they don't, you know, so I'll do what's right. If it ever comes to the time where it's, you know, people feel like it's really, you know. And if anything, you're raising awareness. If anything, you're spreading the name, you know. Yeah. If anything, you're kind of sharing their their cultural, you know, because you could be the gateway to someone being like, well, what's Hunk Papa? You know, someone could listen to this show and be like, holy shit, that's interesting. Exactly. And then they could go, and, and Google it and get informed and become aware of what happened and what is happening to them right now. Um, yes, I, I certainly I, hope so. I respect, yeah. So, I mean, there's one thing I wanted to tell you and, or ask you, um, not, not the big question, not just yet, but and we were briefly talking about this before and, and you shared a story with me and it's just too, too damn good not to share. And it's kind of, I'll give a bit of context to it. So... I may, I think I did mention at the start, you know, I've watched you from playing small pubs in front of 10 people to busking on a street, you know, having nobody watching to, um, you know, I went live and watched you in Limelight and in a couple of these big venues uh, for people who don't know, um, pretty big venues relative to Belfast. Belfast is not a big um, big city for massive gigs, but they're wee intimate gigs and they're great. and. Um, you know, so I watch you going from kind of nothing to standing in front of a crowd of a thousand screaming fans. I mean, fucking screaming crazy bitch ass fans. Um, <laughs> and and for me, as someone who's in the pursuit of something that I'm, you know, that I've had this big vision and I've got these big goals, it was just so refreshing and so nice to see someone actually achieve a bit of what they had set out to achieve. And um. You know, I want I want you to go over the limelight story because there's an element in there and there's a message in there that I think people would really, really love to hear. So tell me that, man. I want to hear it again. Um, yeah, I, I think was it whenever I just told you, I literally just imagined it. Yeah, I mean, because like it's as someone, so the element of it is is the vision, the visionary element and having to, to see it in your mind and conceive the idea. And, and if you can conceive the idea, you can, you can take action yeah. ultimately. Yeah, it sounds like um, you know, if if I was watching this and I heard someone say this, I'd say, "Oh, here we go," you know. But but genuinely, I'm not. I'm not joking. I, I genuinely imagined exactly what happened. Um, down to a T. I even imagined, you know, checking my guitar amp and stuff, and then bang, all this, and it happened. Like it happened down to a T. Because I got really excited about this vision. I was lying in um in my house in County Armagh with my parents. Um, well, I wasn't lying in bed with them, but it was their house. And, uh, you know, not a lot of things going on, you know, not a lot of things going on. And um, I've been working a few shy jobs. Um, uh, yeah, 
so anyway, I just remember sitting there and the window was open. It was lovely and it was brilliant. And I just imagined, right, limelight, you know, filled venue, songs I've written. People are going nuts to it. They're loving it. I'm loving it. I'm with dudes who are loving it playing. And there's just this amazing connection, you know, walking out and the lights come on. Um, I imagine it. And it happened six months later, down to a tee. Um, not a lot's happened since then. <laughs> you know, I haven't really, you know, gone beyond that, you know, across the UK. But it still happened. And it taught me that vision is important. Tasting, seeing, hearing, touching, everything of your dream, imagining it, you know, and getting excited over that dream. Get excited and make it a reality. Believe in it. And you'll do whatever it takes. It's a big thing about you like to I think the main message is is the power of visualization and and um it's definitely a tool that I've used in my journey. And you know, whenever you describe it to me, I could so so vividly see it. You know, I could so vividly experience it from like you you know, you said about your guitar arm, fixing your guitar arm, what you were wearing, who was there, picturing the faces in the crowds, the location, you chose the limelight, um randomly that was just the vision that you had and then you know ultimately a year later or six months later it was in the limelight fully sold out fucking romping crowds going fucked off i think it was because the only real venue i actually knew if you know what i mean it's the only one i could kind of imagine you know but it's it's crazy how and like you know this is not to say for people listening this is not to say that if you come up with this big grandiose idea it'll happen because getting the vision is 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 just the first part it's the it's the kind of the conceive believe achieve idea of the law of attraction in a way and and it's you know if you can if you can picture it in your head add add structure to it add a vividness add a realness to it like it's it's kind of like it's the same as me saying like i i can experience what it's like to be 90 sitting on my deathbed and that's why it's so easy for me or well, that's why I, yeah. that's how I can draw a lot of motivation to get up and do my shit because yeah, I can, I can it's important to have a conversation with that guy. Ninety-six. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, asking ninety-year-old Lewis, "Were you proud of what you've done?" and and picturing the life that he lived, and and hopefully I can follow those steps. But it's it's another example of it, and um, you know, people think it's maybe not wrong to dream, but wrong to be unrealistic. But if you hadn't have had that big vivid thought and then started taking action, at least because of that dream, you had somewhat of a plan to follow. You knew you wanted it to be limelight. You knew kind of the time of the year you wanted it to be. You knew what you had to do to make it happen. And because it was so good, you took all the relative steps to get there. Do you know what I mean? Sure. it's one of the the biggest strengths of being like a. I'm not too sure if it's right brain or left brain. I, I don't want to say it and be wrong, but you know, it's whatever side of the brain you think with predominantly. You're either a visionary thinker or a binary black and white thinker, and you're obviously a very visionary uh, or visually orientated thinker. And with that comes an a, an incredibly innate ability to kind of picture these grandiose ideas. Yeah. And, and it's and then there's within that, like I was saying earlier about the dichotomy of it, you can actually be too visionary orientated where these yeah. grandiose visions are coming to you and yet 
they're just so big or they're so broad or your action is just too little that it's never going to be implemented so exactly there's a huge yeah, pain in the ass like there's the yeah. there's the you want to do something which is great awesome right but the huge pain in the ass that 95 6 99 percent uh will get beaten over is are you willing to do what it takes to get that that's yeah that's fucking that's way like that's do you know what i mean like that's what i think it's about are you willing to do what it takes and it's going exactly. to be there's going to be sacrifices there's going to be adversity on the road no one's going to give you a pat on the back telling you you're, you're brilliant it's it's this what's in here this fire as i call it right there and uh that's don't let that fire go out either yeah and I think as well, you know, the, the big thing is there is like the magic really happens in the action that you take in trying to achieve this vision. But the ability to latch onto that vision, the ability to keep it fresh in your head and continually and consistently address it in your mind, you know, always latching back to that, whether you have a, whatever goal it might be, you might be trying to look better physically, you know, and I done this last year, I was unhappy with how I looked and um, literally every day in the gym, every single day. Yeah, you know, every single day I went in, and at the end, there's there's a shower with great downlighting in the gym, which really helps. But um, you well, know, you I was like, gym. don't go to CrossFit gym if you're trying to get your know, off. I was like, I'm happy yeah. where I am, but I know I have so much ahead, and it's like to visual to visually picture yourself looking leaner and to feel uh, or to kind of picture yourself in a body that you truly like and it's just an isolated example and it's only relative to me but whatever thing whatever you're trying to achieve it's have that idea have that vision in your brain and and, you know think about it every day think about the action you're taking relative to it every day and it's it's the small victories repeated daily mantra that's that's how that's how you deliver that do you know what i mean for sure i had the same thing right I had breasts, right? I had breasts about two months ago. And my objective, uh-huh. my objective wasn't to, you know, become this gym shark. It was just to lose my breasts. And uh, small victories repeated daily. I ate less donuts and moved a tiny bit more. And I lost my breasts. Well, I went down a few bra sizes. They're still like, they're still like, I don't know, double A's probably. But that's that's the daily action, and that's the magic, and where the magic happens is in is in the is in the daily and the and the small victories that you accumulate over a long period of time. Like mm-hmm. that's that's literally where the the mantra and motto of this this company comes from. Like success is some of small victories repeated over um, a long period of time, and that's that's where it comes from. Yes. And it's so fucking true because whenever I, I got a tattooed on my arm, I made it the company motto purely because I knew whether I was doing Ollie or whether I was doing another project, I one recurring theme was if I show up every fucking day and I and I fulfill my potential relative that day, if I do all that I can do relative to how I'm feeling that day, well then over a period of time you're gonna get something. Yeah. But it's just having the tenacity and the the adherence and the hard work to show up every single fucking day. Yeah, I'm shit at that. Like I'm really inconsistent, by the way. Really inconsistent. 
Like, that's that's interesting for me to hear that as well. Yeah. No, like, I'm always like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. But um, with myself, if there's stuff not on, like currently right now, calendar wiped. I was, we were supposed to go to America for like three weeks in September and do like a tour of the UK. Yeah, it was great. And I was awesome getting into, you know, getting into that sort of mindset. Uh, and that's all kind of gone now. There's nothing in the pipeline. I get inconsistent. I sleep in, you know. I'll, I'll do like, I'll do like three weeks getting up at like, you know, seven. and you know, work till 10 on music doing then. Uh, then, you know, I'll spend two weeks not working out, get up at 11. Um, you know, probably get wasted at some point during that week. Uh, you know, so I'm hugely inconsistent. But I think um, I try to fight that, but I'm slowly realizing it might be a bit of a strength in a weird way, um, being unbelievably inconsistent, because I think... I think one thing, if I can interject, especially in your line of work where it's so creatively orientated... Exactly. Uh, you know, if you if you show up a day and you just don't have that, it's called writer's block or, you know, there yeah. might be a, a more music example, but you can show up with the best intentions. But if you're doing heavily um, orientated or heavily orientated uh, creative work, it's difficult to exactly. go, like you couldn't go, you couldn't go and write a losing, uh, a losing all every fucking day. You couldn't go and write a Rachel every day. Do you know oh. what I mean? Exactly, and that's the that's the real problem with this game. Is I'd love it. I'd love it to be right. You're in at seven. You're out at seven. Right, working, and you get X. You put X hours, and you get X out. And I've tried to make it like that, but it's just unfortunately kind of not with music because it is a chaotic thing. You know, yeah. you kind of have to be slightly insane. Um, like whenever you're thinking of music. You're, you're deliberately trying to escape reality. You're deliberately trying to be a bit insane. Do you know what I mean? You're imagining things. You're making things up in your head, you know? I think how I interpret that is, is you're trying to create something from nothing. This, what you're creating never fucking existed. It never was a thing. Yeah. Like the words in the order with the chord patterns, with, with the drums, with the singer, with everything, with it all, it never existed before. And work like that is is original work, original creative work is so hard because of that. Mm. But so unless you're hard. talented, you see, this is the thing. I'm actually not really that talented. I just put a lot of effort in. But there's talented people, like properly talented people, um, who just go in a room, bang, written, no problem. Patty. That's Patty. Patty can just do shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, but like, no, but even... Even the most, you know, unproductive slob like Liam, well, right, he's not an unproductive slob, but let's say someone like Liam Gallagher, you know, you go and he'd smoke a rollie, gin and tonic, and he'd write a banger, like a hit. He'd write a hit in about 15 minutes with his brother, and they'll just go, yeah, you know, record that in 30 minutes, yeah, yeah, uh, we love Man City, and... That works for them, do you know what I mean? Whereas if you said, yeah. if you said to Liam Gallagher, right, Liam, we're, we've got you in for a CrossFit session, half six. Uh, you're doing a podcast. You're going to eat, get a fucking Nutribullet breakfast. You're going to have an Akai bowl. We're going to get you into <laughs> yoga. He wouldn't do it. He'd be shite. 
He needs the chaos. Do you know what I mean? Wonderwall wouldn't be written if he was eating the eyeballs. We needed him in the pub from 11, getting pissed, doing terrible things. I get it, mate. I get it. So that's my problem. That's my problem because I'm half and half. I love the discipline. I love this. But I also love the chaos. So it's hard to strike the two. Do you know what I mean? But I think the number one thing, mate, is that you recognize that. You're aware of that. Do you know what I mean? It would be Mm. different if... It would be different if you were sitting trundling along and you didn't realize, right, if, because, well, one, say, if you didn't realize that you work the way you work, well, then you wouldn't really get much done. Like, for example, if you know and recognize that you're a very facial worker, whenever you, whenever you come to the money shops or whenever you know you're getting into that creative flow, you're like, right, shit, I need to fucking work here. I need to write as much as I can because I don't know how long this is going to last and I don't know when it's going to come again. So you need to take that time and fucking nail it. And and that's what I do, like eighteen hours straight without break, not speak to anyone. Like that's yeah. Like I did that for about three weeks there, just literally like seven a.m. till about twelve at night. Like generally, I have a board there written, like well, yeah, of of my timings that I would get into, like super strictly, just because for whatever reason the brain is in that zone of music. You know, I don't know. It's probably just something wrong with me, but yeah. And I have, a mile, I have a million miles to go. Like, I, you know, like, you know, if I was watching me right now, I'd be like, you know, okay, right, whatever. You know, this guy's not Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Do you know what I mean? So, I don't know. Like, I, I could just be chatting the biggest pile of crap. Do you know what I mean? Nah, so, I mean, anyone that's not. listening, I hope I haven't been bored. You know, I hope I haven't been bored and think but I could tell you right now, no, no listener is going to be bored. But I think it's good, mate. Like you, like we've talked about it again. You're remaining humble. I mean, you're comparing yourself and putting yourself on a pedestal with these great guys, and and you know sometimes that's negative. But for you, it's clearly a positive in that you're seeing how far you've yet to go. It's not diminishing um, your need, want, or drive to show up every day. So. Thus, it's a great, it's a great motivator for you to know mm. that I'm happy with where we're at, but um, no, I'm I'm happy with where we're at, but I'm hungry to proceed and to move forward and to to achieve the fucking the high life that you want to achieve. I had an amazing conversation with the guy on my lawn the other day. We were kicking a football about. Have you seen that TV show, Normal People? Normal people, uh, uh, is it the Irish? The Irish, yes, I have yes, the dude Niall in it. Um, he's he's an old friend of the guy I live with, and I subsequently we're kind of like buddies, he's a good guy, and uh, he he shares the same vibe, you know. Like three years ago, he was working in a bar and it was terrible, and blah blah. Now he's you know, he's been showing up passionate. He's been working hard, grinding away, one thing after another, vision, and he hasn't let all the people fucking, you know, pee in his bonfire. And he's just got there, and he's had a massive opportunity there. He's now done really well. He's getting other things, and it was amazing to take that in because he's a few years ahead of me in the game. And uh, it was wonderful to see someone through just doggedness and love for what they do. Um, And he's also worked at his craft. Like, he's a really good actor. Yeah, and that to me, if I can jump in on that, like that's timing, timing plus opportunity. 
equals success and that's i think that equation is actually the equation for luck it's like luck plus opportunity or luck plus time and plus opportunity i don't know but it's like the fact that he stayed on he kept dedicating himself to his craft to be the best that he could be that hopefully after three four five years of doing it someone will recognize him he'll be ready someone will recognize and he is good to go he is good to step in front of the camera and act his nutsack off because he has worked like a dog for the last four to five years to get really good and it's it's likewise over 10 years you know over like yeah and that's he has a, you know, a, a degree in law he had a degree in law and he's like you know this isn't for me and uh he backed himself you know i was like yeah and i think i think it's one of the one of the 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 good things and the bad things about you know i would i would define you as an entrepreneur by right of what you do weston and mm-hmm. i think it's one of the hardest things being an entrepreneur not knowing when where your next paycheck's going to come from not knowing if what you're setting out to do will actually be achieved, you know, it's having faith in your hustle and your grind and, and your commitment to your work and your craft. And that's something that, that is probably the hardest part of entrepreneurship is backing yourself, even when your family think you're a bit stupid, even when your friends think you're a bit stupid, because I'm pretty sure that you've had a lot of people kind of be like, oh, what's that Western guy doing? Is he still fucking singing? And, and then all of a sudden you come in with fucking hunk papa near 300,000 players with one song <laughs> and you're well, like, you fuck um, you guys. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, but I, I never give a shit about that. Like I never, like this sounds kind of selfish. I don't give a shit what anyone says. And um, no, I, I take on board. I take on board. Anyone who says anything to me, I take on board what they say. I never rule it out. Um, but if it's someone who's saying, oh, you know, what's your backup plan and stuff? I'm like, get fucked. Get fucked. There is no backup plan. This is it. This is it. I'm going to be dead yes. one day. There is no plan. This is it. Get fucked. Sorry, I shouldn't swear. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want a backup plan. I don't want a backup plan. Like, you know, if my backup plan is doing something else, great. I get successful at that. I make, you know, let's say I make a good salary, whatever. Right at the end of the day, I I could be skiing up on the Alps. I could be on full of deuce, dancing the tables, having a great time. But at the back of my head and in my heart, I'm like, I want to be playing a show here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So nothing else is any good to me. It's a curse. Yeah. This is a curse. This isn't like, oh, I love music. This is a curse. I'm. A, it's a plague. I want to be free from it. Not really. I love it. But there you go. But I think it's. It's the it's the calling it's the calling that that we all get and have inside our hearts, mate. And and I think it's it's a joy to watch you pursue that. Um, mm. But mate, listen, we could talk all day. I need to ask you the big question. Well, can I ask you uh, a question? Yeah, I'm just uh, interested. Before you ask me a question, uh, Ollie, what's the objective? What what's the uh, well? I think I know what your objectives are, but I mean, what get, like for me, one thing I'd love to do sell out the Ulster Hall, right? That's an obvious one. Um, What's your thing like that? What What is your, in your head, the back of your head, this one thing, like this one thing that you can touch that you want to nail? What, what is um, it? Great question. If I was to, there's a multiple ways I could answer that. Um, I think right now it is to fully deliver the Ollie brand for how I've envisioned it. So the brand mission statement is to help people holistically succeed. 
um, our succeed holistically and, and how we do that is, you know, create apparel that supports their functional, you know, active endeavors, create this podcast that gets people like you or people like, you know, we had an Olympic swimmer or CrossFit athlete or, you know, a, a, a successful chef, all these guys that have achieved some stuff and, um, and in achieving, they've learned lessons, they've done, they've, they've failed a lot of times and, and they can share that with other people and, and thus other people can learn from their mistakes and, and hopefully add more tools to their toolbox to make better decisions in their life. And then the, the third outlet is the Monday Mantra email list, which is self-development, self personal development, philosophical um, content that we put out, you know, like we're doing a big three-part series on ego at the moment. And it's just giving people tools to fucking succeed and progress and, and go forward in life. And I want that fully implemented. Like I have a vision of, of impacting or helping 100,000 people by 2022 and it's, it is kind of a number and we kind of just well we almost pulled it out of our ass but um you know i would have said a million because that's a visionary in me but i said a hundred thousand because it's closer and if i can dial in to to impacting a hundred thousand people with either an email or an email read or or a, or a podcast download well then i am achieving what i set out to do like people think that this business was just a money making scheme. You know, money is going to be a byproduct of of you wanting to invest your money in this business. And you know, I feel that that's only deserve it if I have given you information or tools or a product that quintessentially could change the course of your life. And and that's my goal. So I don't I don't think it's there's like a, a it's kind of a, it's more than a t shirt. It's um, bro, kind of a set of values is the, that come with it. Is, is the tiny tiny part that comes with it you know i'm big into i'm big into self-development personal development and and i've seen what it can do for me i've seen what you know the enlightenment it can bring i've seen how joyful it can it can make life and and like you said being having humility and humbleness and practicing gratitude like i know that all those things make life incredibly joyful and they give me the essence of life now whereas five years ago it was oh who we're going out with oh you're pulling those girls or are you doing that you know that all that shit's so mediocre now and um you know i want people to like i want people to progress and succeed but i also want them to see that you know the true essence of life and what it can be relative to them and i also want people to realize that success is not this fucking seven figures in your bank account well hold on Hold on a second. Hold on, it can be. Success can be. People say this, oh, money's not happiness. Money could be happiness. What are you all about? It could be. You know, it the analogy I use for that is, is... If you've loads money, of money skiing anytime you want, you're happy yeah. you're skiing. Oh, money. Friends. Who cares? Buy friends. If you've loads of money, <laughs> you'll have loads of friends. Because everyone wants think- money. I'll be your friend. Buy my dinner. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we what don't. We don't want to put out a. We don't. We don't want to put a shit message. But I know what you're saying. And like a lot of people say, like, oh, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, money can fucking buy you a jet ski. And I know a jet ski would make me pretty damn happy. Exactly. Whether it be for fucking twenty minutes and then I get bored of it, I don't care. Because yeah, for that money, it's just a load of endorphins get released regularly. That's it. 
well that's one way to put it and view it like but i i agree in a way i definitely do so i suppose ideology you just do like smack every day but Uh, i think i think that to answer your question succinctly is to really deliver the the ollie the ollie message and what we're trying to do and how we're trying to achieve it and it's hard because nobody's ever done it before so there's going to be a bit of grace and getting it wrong and we have got it wrong in the past but i think now um we're adding clarity to our mission we're adding clarity to our message and we're now becoming more effective more effective than ever at communicating this and um and i'm just buzzing to to try and impact and help people because for me as cliche as it sounds i think like i was born to help people i'm born to impact people i'm born to do something because i i i think this fucking thing was planted in me for a reason and whether or not i if i help one person change the course and it's a big statement to say change the course of their life but if i introduce someone to if i enlighten someone to a book or an area of self or personal development and that opened up a gateway to this brand new fucking enlightened life well to me that's my job done that's why i was put on this earth that's that's again as cliche as it sounds that's the fucking truth and that's how i see it that's my version of reality and um yeah, my, my ultimatum is to just grow this and grow this and grow this. I mean, we have five-year plans. We have 10-year plans. We have these grandiose Ollie initiative um, ideas of, like, Ollie clothing is just one part of a five-part initiative of the Ollie initiative, and people don't realize that. And, you know, I'll be delivering the Ollie mission for 15, 20 years if I really, really want to see it through. So, you know, we're still in the infant stages. So that's what like, uh, is there, you know, like, let's say music, right? You get a record label comes in and hands you 400 grand to record your album. You become famous. Can that, does that happen in clothes? I'm, like, I'm sure it does, but how does it, it work? It can and it can't. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways and it's relative to your journey as well. I mean, you can start with a... a with where I'm starting is you either need to leverage money and funding or you leverage skill. Okay. So money and funding refers to resources. Skill refers to skill in general and you either have one or the other. So we don't have money and we only have um, me and Graham in the business right now. And so our skills limited so we can only grow at a certain rate so for us to get to the next step you know we would need to be talking to investors um, and those are the routes we're going down at the moment. So, it's something that we need to to really um it's something that we've had to look at for the last couple of years but first and foremost we had to see if the brand even worked we had to see that people wanted to buy a fucking jumper before i went and asked for 100 grand or whatever it may be to build a business um you know because i'm not going to inject someone else's cash into something that nobody fucking likes so it's like, you know, and we also had to build an infrastructure of the business, you know, customer service protocols, all the different protocols for um, operating, doing uh, our edubies and our daily tasks. And um, so all of those things had to get uh, learned. And then obviously, I'm a completely self-taught entrepreneur. I've never done a business course or I've never done a, a fucking I've never done a degree. I've never done anything relative to business. So everything i've ever done has been trial and error getting it wrong fucking royally getting it wrong losing my own money so we had to do all that hard learning and i'm still getting my ass handed to me on a daily basis but yeah that's you know that's a big part of it now that i would feel that confident that if 
if and when we do get our investment in, like we'll be ready to grow. And it means that we're going to be fully delivering the mission that we set out to deliver. Yeah, get it done. Go for it. Yeah, but bro, listen, I could fucking talk about myself all day and it's a, it's a bad thing, not a good thing. So um, I want to ask you this question, right? And we, ask everyone, <laughs> we ask everyone, and, and I, I mentioned it before in the show, but it's really, to, it's really to show people that your version of success is totally relative to you. And also that it's important to have uh, an idea of what success looks like to you because you want to have something to work towards or to aspire to. Um, and I think that's healthy in everyone, no matter how big or small your your vision of success is so what is your definition of success weston um my definition for success in terms of your life uh well obviously it's to be happy um and the people you are around to be happy and you um, inflict happiness not misery um so i think that's the the baseline um, to expand upon that, um, how you get happy. Uh, I think it's important to get happy through wholesome means. Um, if you can get happy for me, where, as I said, you're bringing joy, not misery. You're not um, standing on the downtrodden. You're uplifting. You're getting other people to hit their potential. Um and you love what you're doing, you love your craft, whatever that may be. I think human beings are, there's something within us to have a, a role uh, that we fill, a craft, and that can be from the best bed, bread baker in town to, I don't know, a, an amazing swimming instructor. I think humans um, have a craft, have a calling a, a, or a skill, and I think that to get good at that and to love that is important. But to cut a long story short, I, I think, doing what you love, being healthy, and having great friends, um, and also family. You know, this is, the, this is a controversial thing I have, you know, family's everything. Well, I don't know about that. You can't really choose your family. You know, people have family and their family are assholes, and that's not like I would say, go hang out with your family, because they might be assholes, so don't do that. But, you know, family's amazing if they're all okay and they're good, right? So friends, family, doing what you love, and being healthy i think that's success really it's, it's surely that's very obvious and it's different for everyone you know it's different it is for different everyone. for everyone but it's you know for someone that has such grandiose visions it's interesting to hear that it's such a pure pure kind of basic form of success for you is literally to be happy in in what you're doing and happy in in your existence mm. but specific to me like yeah what, for sure but specifically, but think, like, obviously, you know, playing to 2,000 people in Hamburg, you know, and having all my friends there, you know, and family and everyone's healthy and alive and everyone's doing well. And all my buddies are doing well. I, you know, I would hate it that I'm doing well and my buddies aren't doing well. You know, yeah. that, would, that would suck. And the girl I'm with, Hannah, you know, her doing well and healthy. You know, I like to be around people that are excited and have an appetite for life. That for me is a, a big one. Um, I think you do become your surroundings. So there you go. I love that, mate. That's um, I didn't know where you were going to go with that, but um, I like that, Weston. That's a different yeah. take on. 
And I think it's it's a very, very simple one as well, bro. It is simple. Of course it's simple. Most things are super simple. I love it. I love it, mate. Well, listen, we're nearly at the R mark, mate. So I think we already are at the R mark, so we need to cut it off there. But cool. I'm sure everybody's going to love listening to this. I'm excited to listen back, mate, because yeah. um, well, you've actually put in some... Chat. It really has. And um, I, I yeah. remember chatting to you whenever we were out working at a wedding or something, and I was inspired by you then, and I still am. So thank you very much for having me on. And I know you're going to go the distance, so just keep fighting. You know, small victories repeated daily. Swear by that, we'll do all right. Yeah, bro, I fucking love it, and I and I appreciate it too. Um, it's interesting to see kind of what a few years of hard work will do, and and where you'll end up. And and it's nice, it's nice to be able to catch up on that and reminisce on on the years of working shitty fucking weddings and. Oh, working for business. I, can, I have no money. I'm broke, so I might have to go back to, to doing that. I, I'm not joking. I, I'm, not joking. I'm so broke. I like, never mind. Never mind. I'm broke. No, don't go into the details. <laughs> but um, but no, listen, Weston, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and, and hopefully giving some lessons along the way. I mean, for anybody listening, Weston and his band are probably my one of my top three favorite bands of all time, and I don't say that because Weston is my friend. I say that because his music is that fucking good. Um, you go on to Spotify, uh, at Hunk Papa. Um, I don't know what tune I would recommend. I love the song Rachel. I love Losing All. Um, I love Obstructive. I love so many. So. Um, that's a shameless plug for you. Do you want to do a shameless plug in anything? Have you just got anything coming up, or just oh, no, you've been really, no, there's nothing coming up. Just check out the music and you know, drink two bottles of wine if you can. Listen to them and try and just go off in a different dimension. That'll be amazing. And then come buy tickets to see you live whenever you're obsessed. Yeah, and 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 on that, I will just say that if you do get an opportunity to see Hunk Papa see them sooner rather than later because I know they'll be big and you'll soon be paying fucking 45 quid a ticket for yeah. to see them and nobody really wants to do that so no, get in I, and pay, pay the tenors pay, pay the tenors while you can and um, Wesson's an incredible entertainer and an incredible stageman and I just I would highly recommend it to anybody to go and, and witness it so um, but yes again mate thank you so much for coming on and I will talk to you really soon alright be good be good radiate the joy keep it lit boom